Welcome to the Bible Reading Plan podcast by Victory Point. One of the best ways to grow as a disciple of Jesus is to read and reflect on Scripture daily. We created this podcast to guide you through our daily Bible reading plan that helps us dwell in God's Word as we grow together in listening to the Spirit. Whether you're on your commute, doing dishes, or just getting up in the morning, we're glad you tuned in. Good morning and welcome to the Bible Reading Plan podcast. My name is Brendan McClenahan and I am your host. And uh, today we are back with the podcast with a new special guest, Lori DeVisser. Hello. Hey, Lori. Thanks for joining me. Um, We are on Zoom right now because we are practicing social distancing. Mm -hmm. So everyone practice social distancing. Um, Of course, we have no idea what will be true Um, the morning this drops on the 19th. We don't know what's true um, for that reality, but we do know that God's word endures forever and uh, is not wearied by time. And so we're going to dive into it um, this morning with you, uh, reading through the passages, um, the passages of today. And Lori's going to be my guest for the whole week. And a point of information, we are now in season two of the podcast, meaning it's after Easter. And um, so we are um, trucking forward with um, the Bible reading plan. So thanks for being a part of it. Um, Make sure to listen every day and subscribe and share it with your friends um, because it's a great way to stay connected to God's word. It's a great habit to build into your life, to be reflecting on scripture daily. And I hope that these conversations provide some space for you to ask your own questions, to have your own insights and, um, Lori nor I are experts on these passages. Um, We are simply coming to the passages with curiosity, um, with hope, with um, a desire to know Jesus better. And I hope that you bring that to the passage as well. And if you have thoughts of your own, if you have insights or questions or comments about what you're hearing in these passages, please send me an email. Uh, My email is in the show notes. And then also you can leave us a voice message through the link on the show notes as well. So with that said, um, Lori, would you mind reading our first passage? This is Acts 2, verses 14a and 22 through 32. Okay, well, here we go. Acts 2, verse 14, but Peter, standing with the 11, raised his voice and addressed them. Now skipping to verse 22. You that are Israelites, listen to what I have to say. Jesus of Nazareth, a man attested to you by God with deeds of power, wonders, and signs that God did through him among you, as you yourselves know. This man handed over to you according to the definite plan and foreknowledge of God, you crucified and killed by the hands of those outside the law. But God raised him up, having freed him from death, because it was not impossible for him to be held in its power. For David says concerning him, I saw the Lord always before me, for he is at my right hand, so that I will not be shaken. Therefore, my heart was glad and my tongue rejoiced. Moreover, my flesh will live in hope. For you will not abandon my soul to Hades or let your Holy One experience corruption. You have made known to me the ways of life. You will make me full of gladness with your presence. Fellow Israelites, I may say to you confidently of our ancestor David that he both died and was buried, and his tomb is with us to this day. Since he was a prophet, 
he knew that God had sworn with an oath to him that he would put one of his descendants on his throne. Foreseeing this, David spoke of the resurrection of the Messiah, saying, He was not abandoned to Hades, nor did his flesh experience corruption. This Jesus raised God, this Jesus God raised up, and of that all of us are witnesses. Thanks, Lori. So we kind of had some a, a little bit uh, to process this over the last couple of days. Um, you've been kind of reading and reflecting on this. Yeah. Is there like one thing that immediately stands out to you about this passage, uh, one part that um, caught your attention? Well, I really felt like this passage spoke to like the bigness of God and that mm-hmm. in his hand was in all of this. Like it was very deliberate. And it said that in verse 23, you know, a deliberate plan with foreknowledge. Mm -hmm. And, you know, just knowing that God knew everything that was going to happen well before it even happened and that it was all a part of this. And I I think that's what struck me when I was reading it is just the bigness of this, you know, going back to David and his role in this, that even David knew that he wasn't the end of this, that that story was going to keep continuing and it would be generations later before, but just the long bigness, huge part of this, that God's plan is. Yeah. That God knew. Yeah. According to the definite plan and foreknowledge of God, you crucified and killed by the hands of those outside the law. Um, Yeah. That God knew what was going to happen and he did it anyways. He Mm -hmm. knew, he knew that, uh, he would be crucified. Jesus knew he would be crucified beforehand and knew he was going to be killed by those outside the law, knew that his own people were going to betray him, knew that um, he was going to be a stranger and an outcast and abandoned and betrayed by everyone, but he did it anyway. Mm-hmm. That's, that's, so there's a, there's a foreknowledge, but then there's the, that's the foreknowledge, but then the definite plan part of like, of like you said, that even David saw this coming that it was a long it wasn't just something accidental but it was a long time coming Mm -hmm. that uh that god did it um for me this is in the context of pentecost peter is standing up i mean this is peter you know (laughs) like um in other places peter is kind of bumbling uh stumbles over his words gets it wrong denies jesus falls into the water um you know what i mean like It's just Mm -hmm. always kind of head over heels and um, tripping over himself, trying to follow Jesus. And here Pentecost happens, Holy Spirit's poured out and Peter seems like a completely different person. I don't know. Like he's, this is deep theology. Mm -hmm. He's a fisherman, you know, like Mm -hmm. he's quoting the old Testament. He's sewing together a theology on the spot about, Jesus' crucifixion in the Holy Spirit. And um, I'm just amazed by that, especially like like we're dealing with coronavirus right now and it just hit us right upside the head, all of us. Mm-hmm. And like you were just talking about how your school is trying to address um, your teacher. You're yeah. talking about how your school is trying to address, you know, this learning. And you guys were what, three weeks into this? Four weeks? Two weeks. Yeah, two okay. weeks into by the time this by the time this airs, it'll be like four to six weeks yeah. of no school. And still we're trying to figure out 
what our plan is for public education. How do we get all the kids on board? Um, mm-hmm. At church, we're still trying to figure out how do we continue to connect and gather with people as the church when we're not supposed to gather in person. And all kinds of businesses and families are trying to figure this out. Um, and here you have uh, an event that has shaken everyone, uh, Pentecost. Something crazy is happening. And Peter is able to have the wherewithal in the midst of it to create a cohesive narrative about what's happening and why and what God was doing in all of this. When just, you know, a few weeks earlier, he was denying Jesus. You know what I mean? That just astounds me about this passage. And that was something that hit me too, is that this is the same person that had been brought to tears weeks before because he had denied Christ three times in one night after saying that he would never deny Christ. They would follow him to the grave. And then three times in one night and just the brokenness that he must have felt. And yet just a few weeks later, it's like, his redemption's already going on. Like mm-hmm. he is already stepping into that place that God has for him, that Jesus told him, you will be the rock on which I build my church. Mm-hmm. You know, he is stepping into that identity so quickly after falling so hard. Yeah. And I think there's something beautiful about that, that he can articulate it so well, because like you said, he was a mere fisherman. But also I think I find beauty in the fact that he was so broken, like maybe many of us are feeling right now as we went into this coronavirus epidemic and everything, this this pandemic that we didn't know, we didn't know what we were supposed to do, we don't know our role in this. And just, it's encouraging to me, like how quickly he can find his role and he could find his place and he could find his identity. Mm -hmm. Because I think for some of us, that's going to be something that happens too. with the current state of events. Yeah. I mean, so often we, um, we try to take our cues from other people or from context to figure out how do we act or lead in the midst of change. And it seems like he's just banking on Jesus here and full of the Holy spirit. Mm -hmm. And he seems to be not self-conscious at all. Like I would, I mean, I, I, I mean, it's kind of bold to be like, I think this should, I think something was left out of scripture here, but I think Peter could have said, <clears throat> this man, Jesus, um, uh, you handed over according to the definite plan for knowledge of God, I betrayed and you crucified and killed by the hands of those outside the law. Like he could have added a word about like, and I was his disciple and I, I left, I denied him and I betrayed him. Mm-hmm. He could have said something like that, um, but he doesn't. Um, and I'm like, what, Peter, why didn't you just mention that you messed up too? You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> Maybe he's but, hoping we'll forget that part. <laughs> yeah. So there's that. But then there's also the complete lack of self-consciousness mm-hmm. that I love here. He's just talking about Jesus. And um, that's, I think that's a sign of um, the Holy Spirit. Not that um, I think a Holy Spirit does lead to a deep sense of self-awareness, but he's not apologizing for himself either. And he's not caught up with his own guilt, which he could totally be trapped in his own feelings mm-hmm. of guilt right here. And instead, he's just talking about the story of Jesus. And mm-hmm. he's just completely consumed with that. And I want that kind of freedom too, you know, like yeah. to be able to just speak clearly about Jesus and about um, what needs to be said in order to lead and, and love people rather than thinking about, you know, um, myself too much or being self-focused. 
So I don't know. I, I really like that about Peter here too. Um, and I think it's a sign of the Holy spirit that he's been freed yeah. of his guilt and yeah. just free to just lead and, and be who he is. And that speaks to the identity piece that you were just talking about. Yeah. Sweet. Well, I think that's, um, I, I really love this passage and thanks for chatting with me about this. I'm excited to look forward um, to the rest of these scriptures this week and um, to dive in to some of the themes that we're going to be experiencing this week. So thanks Lori and everyone who's listening, we will tune in with you tomorrow morning at 5 a.m. for those who are up early enough. That'll be the first thing on your podcast list, but um, make sure you listen in for the rest of the scriptures this week. Thanks. Thanks for listening to the Bible Reading Plan podcast. If you have any reflections on the scripture we just read, please click the link in the show notes to leave us a voice message. We'd love to hear from you. Let me send you on your way with a blessing. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up the light of his countenance upon you and give you his peace. Thank you.